This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It is Friday. We are finishing the week with more neurology. And today we're talking about tone and reflexes. Mm-hmm. Daphne, what are you starting us off with? Uh, we're going to talk about t- tone. Tone is defined as resistance to passive movement when the infant is awake and alert. It's not well evaluated when the baby is asleep because, because their tone is pretty low while they're asleep. Um, this is in contrast to strength, which is defined. That's what as- we're here for, people. For for these kinds of pearls, this is this is what you're you're tuning to the podcast. Okay, for. okay. How many times have you pulled up a note and it says that you know the baby's tone is excellent, and you, and you know that they saw that baby while they were asleep. You know. That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this is in contrast to strength, which is defined as maximal muscle power. Now the assessment, we look at posture, we look at traction response. Um, you can you do have a phone a, call coming in. I know you can do horizontal <laughs> or vertical suspension, which is basically holding the baby up uh, and, and evaluating the tone and then passment movement of the limbs. So for hypertonia in newborns, this is much less common than hypotonia. So increased tone, much less common than low tone. It results from injury to the corticospinal tract or the extra pyramidal system. Etiologies can include uh, actually HIE, hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, meningeal inflammation, hemorrhage, bilateral cerebral injury, and injury to the basal ganglia. Something we're seeing down here all the time, you, you can see high, high tone in uh, babies with NAS, particularly those with Plaka exposure. Um, Hypotonia. Um, There are numerous disorders associated with hypotonia, but we're just going to talk about low tone in general. So the exam for evaluating hypotonia. So when the baby's supine, uh, typical uh, full-term infants have legs flexed and elevated, but infants with hypotonia have this frog leg posture and the legs are flat. So the knees are kind of splayed out uh, and the, the close to the bed. Arm traction response. So when put in the supine position, the arm is pulled by the wrist until the shoulder uh, slightly comes off of the bed. Some flexion should be maintained at the elbow. But full extension at the elbow occurs with hypotonia. So that's you pulling, pulling the baby's arm straight up from the bed just till the shoulder comes off the bed. Um, and in a baby with normal tone, that, that elbow should stay a little bit flexed. Horizontal suspension. So the infant is held in a horizontal position, kind of like prone, Superman pose with the back to the ceiling and the examiner's hands supporting the infant from underneath the che- on the chest. And the infant should maintain a straight back. Their head usually goes up and the limbs are flexed. But in these babies with hypotonia, the infant will basically drape over the examiner's hands. So they kind of make this C shape 
over your hands, a dish rag appearance. And in vertical suspension, the infant is held up from the armpits and the head should remain upright and midline without slipping through the examiner's hands. The legs should stay flexed and raised up. But in babies with hypotonia, the legs dangle loosely and they are extended and, and they almost, the baby feels like they're just gonna slip through, through your hands. And a head lag is another way to assess for hypotonia. So when the infant is pulled from the supine position by the arms, so the baby is laying down, you take both hands and you pull in the baby up just so the head comes off the back of the bed. Um, uh, a head lag means as you're pulling the baby up, that head is just staying stuck, stuck, stuck to the bed. Um, it's important to take a good history, learn about prenatal, um, obviously maternal history, but in utero decreased fetal movements and any documentation of polyhydramnios, uh, which may be related to decreased swallowing and may indicate either a nerve or a muscle problem. Possible etiologies, chromosomal, there are many, um, but it's very associated with trisomy 21, Prader-Willi syndrome and Angelman syndrome, infection, hyperbilirubinemia, metabolic disorders, particularly the urea cycle defects and isovaleric acidemia, hypothyroidism, hypermagnesemia, medications like sedatives and antiepileptics, and it is seen in hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. You're up. Okay, so the next thing we're gonna talk about are reflexes. I like that section. I feel like it always comes up so the first thing we'll talk about is deep tendon reflexes, and um, we're going to talk about a few things, and we'll try to go quickly because I want to get to the newborn reflexes. So we have um, what what if what if you have a specific kind of lesion? What happened to your deep tendon reflex, right? And these are we're talking about like your knee jerk reflex and so on and so forth. So upper motor neuron lesion, um, right? Cerebrum, spinal cord. Uh, normally, it's um, the, the the deep tendon reflex response should be present at birth and becomes brisk weeks to months later. If you have a lower motor neuron lesion, usually your DTR response is absent or decreased. If you have a neuromuscular junction, because uh, of the nature of that pathology, the DTR response is unaffected. And then if you have some form of muscular uh, injury, uh, then the DTR response is either normal or slightly decreased. Uh, depending on the degree of reduced muscular strength. Okay. Talking about clonus, which is when you see that beating sometimes of the, of the foot when you're examining babies, five to 10 beats can actually be normal in newborns. And it's only abnormal if it's still present beyond three months of age. Okay. So let's talk about newborn reflexes. So the first one we'll talk about is the Palmer reflex. Now, um, the Palmer reflex should appear at 26 weeks of gestation, so quite early on. It is fully established by 32 weeks. So your late preterm should have a Palmer reflex, and it disappears two to four months uh, of age. If it's asymmetric, it can suggest peripheral injury like a, a plexus or nerve or root injury. If... Um, if it's a non-habituating uh, case, then suggest cerebral injury and persistence of the palmar grasp characteristic of atetoid cerebral palsy. So the palmar reflex P 
appears at 26 weeks, is established at 32, and goes away at about four months of age. Let's talk about the sucking reflex. Uh, sucking reflex is established at, is, uh, appears at 28 weeks, is established by 32 to 34 weeks, which is not really surprising, right? It's kind of when we get speech therapy to try to evaluate our babies for oral skills and should be um, disappearing at about 12 months of age. So 28 weeks uh, appears, established 32 to 34, and goes away at about a year. Let's talk about the rooting reflex. Uh, when you strike the cheek of a baby and they sort of turn their heads toward uh, that side. So it should appear about 30 weeks. It's established at 34 weeks and it goes away at four months of age. Let's talk about the moral reflex. So the moral reflex should be symmetric. It appears at 30 to 34 weeks. It's fully established at term at about 38 weeks and it goes away at two to four months of age. So established at about 30 to 34 weeks uh, it's appearing at 30 to 34 weeks. It's established at 38, and it goes away after four months. All right, now we're going to do some of these less famous ones. Let's talk about uh, the plantar reflex. That appears at about 26 weeks, is established at 32 weeks, and goes away at about 12 weeks. Question thus far? I got it. I got it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for, for, I, I just wanted to make sure that we could actually, um, I just wanted to, uh, we're, we're talking about like the plantar reflex. We're talking about like the positive Babinski that you can have in newborn, right? Okay, cool. Let's talk about the crossed extensor reflex, which means that, uh, a, a leg extended and the, the, uh, and if you rub the sole of the foot, then the opposite leg will have uh, will first have flexion and then extension with fanning of the toes. So the crossed extensor reflex is appearing at 30 weeks, is established at about 34 weeks, and this appears at about two months of age. The tonic neck reflex, um, which means that um, uh, right, the tonic neck reflex is when you turn the baby's head to one side, right, and you have uh, the baby sort of extending uh, uh, their arm a little bit. It's also known, I think, as like the, fencers, the fencing reflex, right? So you, you turn their head to, uh, to a side and then the mm -hmm. arm on that side extends while the arm on the opposite side just flexes. So I think that's truly the Superman pose, but I see what you were saying earlier. So the tonic neck reflex is uh, appearing at 35 weeks, is established by two months of age and goes away at six months of age. The placing and stepping reflex, which is when you basically hold the baby and like let their feet sort of make contact with some form of surface and they start sort of stepping, that's appearing at about 35 to 37 weeks. It's established at term and goes away at about two to three months of age. I think I got them all. Um, yeah, do you have any, any questions for us? Uh, I do have some questions for you. Okay. Uh, neurology question 39. Which of the following statements is false about deep tendon reflexes in the newborn? Which question are we doing? I'm so sorry. 59? 39. 39. Okay. I misheard. Sorry. So this is about deep, which is false about deep tendon reflexes in the newborn. Is it A, a crossed 
adductor response accompanying the knee jerk reflex is normal. B, clonus in a newborn is typically a sign of pathology. C, deep tendon reflexes are typically present but of reduced activity in preterm infants compared to term infants. D, newborn reflexes should always be symmetric. Or E, the plantar response is of limited value in the newborn. Um, okay. So we're looking for the false statement. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because like, there's a few that I'm like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's false. Actually, but there's one we just spoke about, right? Mm. <clears throat> so the clonus being a sign of pathology, we said that up until like three months, mm -hmm. it's sort of okay to have a bit of uh, clonus. Okay. So that's definitely false. Uh, the plantar response of limited value in the newborn. I'm like, I don't know, is it of limited value? I mean, what, what do I, I could I could elicit uh, I could elicit the plantar uh, response, but it's, it's everybody's I mean, favorite reflex. I know, I know. <laughs> you'll tell us. So I'm going to go with B that the clonus is is a, it's It's always pathologic, so I don't think that's true. Okay, so you think that clonus it's false that it's usually a sign of pathology. Yes, right? You're muted again. <laughs> yes, sorry. Okay, that is correct. The pectoralis, biceps, and brachioradialis deep tendon reflexes and the knee and ankle jerks should be present in newborns. Preterm infants typically display these reflexes, though they may be less active than in term infants. These reflexes should be symmetric. Clonus at the ankle of 5 to 10 beats is a normal finding in newborns up to 3 months of age. The plantar response is of limited value in the normal newborn because of competing influences on flexion and extension in the newborn foot. A crossed adductor response accompanying the knee-jerk reflex is normal up to 8 months of age. Okay. Okay. I had one more question for you. Yeah, let's do it. A, a review based on okay. what you taught us, okay? This is a neurology question 20. This reflex appears, it's like a Jeopardy question. <laughs> this <laughs> reflex appears at 28 weeks gestational age, is established by 32 weeks gestation, and disappears by age two to four months. Here's the kicker. If this reflex persists, it is characteristic of athetoid cerebral palsy. What is this reflex? Is it Ugh. A, the crossed extensor? You don't need the you don't need the question choices. Go ahead, give the answer choices. <laughs> I mean. To the to the people. Is it A, crossed extensor reflex? B, Moro reflex? C, Palmer grasp reflex? D, rooting reflex? Or E, the tonic neck reflex? It's the Palmer. The That's Palmer. right. You just you just taught it to us. Yeah. The Palmer grasp reflex is one of the earliest reflexes. It appears at age 28 weeks, but can be weekly present as early as 26 weeks. It's established by 32 weeks and should disappear by age two to four months. Persistence of the Palmer grasp is characteristic of athetoid cerebral palsy. The more reflex appears at 28 to 32 weeks gestation is established by 37 weeks and disappears at age six months. The normal Moro is symmetric and if asymmetric, suggestive of peripheral injury. 
The cross extensor reflex occurs when the sole is rubbed during leg extension, causing the opposite leg to first flex and then extend with fanning of the toes. The crossed extensor reflex is absent at 26 weeks gestation, complete at 34 weeks, and disappears at age two months. The rooting reflex is absent at 26 weeks, begins at 30 weeks, is established at 34 weeks, and disappears by age four months. The tonic neck reflex appears at 35 weeks, established by one to two months, and disappears by six months. Persistence may suggest focal cerebral abnormalities. So when I'm studying the reflexes, I like to draw like a timeline and I yeah. like to draw them when they come on and when they come off, because you may think the ones that come later stay longer and that's not necessarily true as we've discussed today. So that's just the best way. If you have that picture and we can post it on social media. Uh-huh. Of the baby. <laughs> of the, the of the timeline. Oh, if you have it. <laughs> Deal. Okay. I'll find uh, it. <laughs> cool. Okay, okay buddy. I'll All see right, you everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at nikupodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.